are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a December 12th, th- Wednesday night edition, excuse me, of the Lockdown Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, writer and editor at LeBron Wire, part of the USA Today NBA Wire sites, also a contributor at the Associated Press and former Blazer beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian. Welcome back to the show. I wish I had happier news for you. It is the second night of a back-to-back for the Portland Trailblazers. Last night in Houston, they lost 111-104 in a game where the Houston bench just really dominated Portland, and it's a Houston bench that is very unheralded. Lots of G League call-ups, lots of two-way players and older players like Nene uh, leading the way there. And then tonight, the Portland Trailblazers... Probably not unexpected given the result of last night's game and the fact that Memphis right now is a better team than the Houston Rockets. The Blazers lose 92-83 to in Memphis, scoring only 83 points. The Grizzlies once again grinding another team's offense to a halt. And it's just more disappointment for the Portland Trailblazers after tonight's game. Uh, there's really... No other way to describe it. With tonight's loss, Portland falls out of the playoff picture. They are in ninth place after their second straight loss. They are technically tied with the Sacramento Kings, but the Kings have a better winning percentage by .002 percentage points. So it's very, very small. But if the playoffs started today, Portland would be out. And... uh, the loss against Houston was discouraging. You know, they, they made an attempt to come back in the fourth quarter, but the, the, the beginning of that fourth quarter was really just too much for them to overcome. That early run, mostly fueled by the Rockets bench, guys like Daniel House, who literally just got signed like a month ago to the Rockets, doing damage and you know the, the fourth quarter you, you see the possession CJ making some shots in the last four minutes Dame while he did lead the way on Tuesday with 34 points didn't get a point in the final four minutes when Portland was really trying to make a comeback CJ w- was pretty strong in that last little bit but he did miss some open shots he missed an open three Harkless misses a corner three in that game Harkless misses a layup and it's just it's it it is just more missed shots more missed opportunities and then tonight Portland has another big game from CJ McCollum but they get and and CJ had 40 points we should call that out 40 points on 16 of 27 shooting basically carrying the team on his back tonight on a night when Yusuf Nurkic and Damian Lillard probably had their two worst games of the season Nurkic's game though much worse than Dame's tonight Dame got to the line even though his shot wasn't falling but Nurkic one for 15 two points just 
a really terrible night getting outclassed by Mark Gasol. And even though Gasol didn't have a particularly great game either, Nurk made his life hell on the other end and just really made him uncomfortable. Mike Conley making big plays down the stretch of this game, finishing with 23 points, six assists, and six rebounds. Although it wasn't a monstrous game, he did outplay Damian Lillard, who, as we mentioned, had a very tough game. The Blazers bench struggling uh, once again. Evan Turner just two of six with four points. Zach Collins another no show, which has unfortunately been uh, the theme uh, since the since his about his twenty first birthday. Uh, not to say that there's anything happening there, but it's just that's that has kind of been what's happened. He just hasn't, he's just kind of faded from the type of start that he had. Uh, Nick Stauskas had a decent game, but he's, you know, he's still, you know, he's Nick Stauskas, you know, he's not, he's not going to be out there taking over the game. And I, I think we kind of need to get that opening night game out of our head when we think of Nick Stauskas, because frankly, the Lakers just didn't guard him over screens and that helped get him going and then basically once that game happened teams started to kind of key in on him and he just hasn't been as excellent Seth Curry another DNP in this one just uh you know it's kind of happened back and forth a little bit with Curry, it's been a disappointing season for him, and, and he didn't play tonight. Jake Lehman getting the start tonight, uh, he you know didn't really do much, and and Mo Harkless didn't play in this game. But I mean, really, it it I mean, what has what have those two guys given this Blazers team this season? Um, Lehman had that big game against Phoenix. Harkless has truthfully had, I think, maybe one good game this year. And it has been, since those first three weeks of the season, it's been a disaster. Portland has been bad. Their bench, which was very strong at the beginning of the season, and and Evan Turner still plays a lot with the starters, which I think is probably their best unit now. I mean, statistically, it is by far their best unit with a 15.3 point differential in 25 games with 169 minutes played. It's the second highest minute lineup for the Blazers. And the the starting lineup with Harkless has been fine, but the defense has been terrible. You can't count on a team that's going to be giving up almost 110 points per 100 possessions. And really, the, the bench, which it was a breath of fresh air, it was fun to see, and their numbers still look pretty good right now, but just lately they just have not stepped up and they have not outplayed other teams' benches, which is what we came to expect from this team early on in the season. We even saw some Caleb Swanigan time in the second half of this game. I mean, it was it was bad. And 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 I think the the final score, you know, Portland got it close in the fourth quarter. They they made things tight momentarily but then in the final couple of minutes Memphis just pulled away and uh it was kind of one of those you know just comebacks with really nothing behind it for the Blazers they got close they made some some baskets here and there but really you know Aminu makes a three in the fourth quarter CJ is cooking 
kind of like you know last night down the stretch and also you know the Denver game a couple of weeks ago but they just weren't able to get enough they weren't able to get the key stops that they needed Mike Conley got big big shots for the Grizzlies down the stretch of this game and uh it was just a really Maybe not a a surprising loss, given that it was the second night of a back-to-back. You're playing a team in Memphis that has had a couple of days off. Memphis is good this season, although a lot of people didn't expect them to be. But still, I think, think, you know, you have every right to be disappointed in how this team is playing right now. This is not just this game or the last game and – Sure, they beat Minnesota the other night, which was a which was a pretty good win. But you know, you look at their their past six weeks or so, it's been hard. You know, ever since really the Milwaukee game when they beat Milwaukee on November sixth, you know, it's really just been difficult for this Blazers team. And uh, you know, I don't know what's going to change it. I I'm I'm waiting, and maybe this is just a a tough stretch of their schedule and they come back home, but they got to play Toronto. Then they got to go down to the Clippers. It, it, the schedule is not going to get any easier. And, and Kawhi Leonard's going to play in that game when, when Toronto comes to town, when Portland's back and things are not going to get any easier. Maybe home court, maybe the motivation of the best team in the league, the team with the league's best record coming in in Toronto gets these guys going. But their play, I mean, and mostly the bench. I, I know that Dame had a really tough game. I know that Nurk had a really tough game. But those two guys have been two of the more, obviously, Dame is, you know, the team's best player, most consistent player. Nurk, to his credit, has been very consistent this season, except, you know, for tonight. And, uh, you know, I, I, I tend to kind of let those things slide. But, you know, you look at Layman. Layman, two points in, in, in a start when Harkless isn't playing. Uh, Zach Collins, zero points. I mean, this is, it's getting to a level where it's very infuriating. And I, I talked about this on my last episode, but I want to talk about, um, maybe some ideas for what, what might happen for this Blazers team over, uh, the next couple of days. And, uh, also there's a big date coming around for all teams in the NBA that, we'll have to watch out for. So we're going to take one quick break and we're going to be back with more locked on blazers and maybe think about what it is the blazers can do to, to maybe get out of this funk. And we're back here with another episode of locked on blazers, another segment, excuse me. And I want to talk about this bench and I, I, I didn't do a podcast immediately after the rockets game, but that's what first got me thinking about it. And I'm starting to get back into the mind state where I'm I not when I was talking about the other day where Mark Spears mentioned the Blazers perhaps looking at Carmelo Anthony. I'm talking about me now th- wondering would it really be that terrible if they got Carmelo Anthony? I mean, look at who is getting minutes at the 3 outside of Evan Turner. You got Layman you got Harkless. You got Nick Stauskas. You got Seth Curry. All these guys have not performed consistently at all. And while I totally get 
the skepticism about Carmelo Anthony, mostly given to the fact that his offense has declined. It's not he's not the same scorer that he was. His defense is still a liability. But what defense is Jake Lehman giving you? What defense is Seth Curry giving you? What defense is Nick Stauskas giving you? I mean, and also, Carmelo Anthony, if the Blazers were to sign him, would be on a prorated minimum deal, the vet minimum. Maybe you have to part ways with someone like Wade Baldwin, which that would suck. But currently, Wade Baldwin hasn't gotten off the bench. So unless Neil Olshay really needs to keep him on the team to prove that he knew Wade Baldwin was going to be good all along, even though he's not going to play. I mean, what are they waiting for? Because I look at this bench right now, and Myers Leonard, to his credit, has played pretty well. Zach Collins had some really good moments at the beginning of the season, but for the last about three, four weeks has kind of been a no-show. I'm looking at the rest of this bench, and there was only one game this season where this really stood out, and I understand, you know, it's a small sample, it was only one game, but earlier in the season, on November 2nd, before Carmelo Anthony was unceremoniously, you know, parted ways with the Houston Rockets, the Rockets were on the road without James Harden, just Chris Paul and Melo, and Melo scored 28 points off the bench in a road win. In a road game. Not Jake Lehman scoring a bunch of garbage points against the Phoenix Suns. A road win against a team that's actually trying to win games. Anthony scored 28 points off the bench and helped them win that game. And maybe it's too reductive. Maybe it's too myopic. Maybe I'm not seeing the bigger picture. And I know that a lot of the on-court stats were bad with Melo. But I also want to say that that Rockets team at the beginning of the season was basura. Which guy on this Blazers bench right now can you say can come off the bench and score 28 points in a road game? I really don't think there's anybody on the bench that can do that. And for as many of the, you know drawbacks, the cons to bringing Carmelo Anthony, whether it's his his defense, his, his lack of lateral quickness, uh, you know, his, his want to pound the ball sometimes and dribble. But you look at the rest of this team, I mean, what, what, what are you saving it for? This bench has not been good. They have struggled. They, when, when things break down and, and teams switch, like they did tonight. What's your counter? And Portland, other than having Damon CJ bail them out, they don't really have one. And and Turner can, you know, get to his spot in the mid-range, but he's never really been a scorer. And you can say that my point is reductive, that, you know, maybe I'm not seeing the whole picture. But right now the whole picture for the Blazers is not good. And I know a lot of people came at me today about Melo, and that's fine. But the more we watch this bench, the more we see there are a bunch of minimum players, and you got Myers out there, you got Evan Turner out there, Zach Collins is 21 years old, 
And the very least that you can say about Carmelo Anthony, which you can't say for basically any other players outside of Dame, CJ, Nurkic, and Aminu, and, and Turner maybe, is at least he has the pedigree of having once been good. And, and that's why I, I am thinking more and more about the potential of, of getting Carmelo Anthony on this team because they, right now, their bench has no juice. They got, and, and outside of the lineup with Turner, they've, they've really struggled, the, the lineup with Turner in the starting lineup. I mean, Harkless has played well at times, but his knee is, is not good. And, and basically, what is the difference between having a guy in Harkless who is not a scorer, who doesn't really get baskets for you, hasn't been at least this year, but has a bad knee. What is the difference between that guy and and Carmelo Anthony who could maybe get you 28 points in a road win with a bad knee occasionally and maybe has to take nights off? I just don't see what is so great about what what the rest of the Blazers bench is that you can't take a flyer on Carmelo Anthony. And, and so I think that's where I've landed now. Um, and I don't, I don't, you know, I, I, it would suck to see a guy lose his job, but like, what are the Blazers doing? Are they trying to win games? Are they trying to win games while they have Damon CJ under contract? Or are they just going to uh, sit on their hands and, and hope for the internal development, which may never come? So that's where, I, that's where I'm at with the Carmelo Anthony stuff. Uh, right now, as the Blazers sit outside the playoff picture, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk about Portland's upcoming matchup at home, and then we're going to wrap this episode up. Welcome back for our final segment on today's Locked On Blazers. But before we get to our final segment, I wanted to give a quick word from our sponsor for this episode, Action Heat. Action Heat is the perfect thing this winter, especially for your friends, if they're into going hiking or skiing or, you know, any of that outdoor stuff. I mean, I'm not really, I'm a basketball blogger. I mean, I'm not, I'm not that guy, you know, but maybe, you know, someone who is that guy. And the best thing about the action heat product is that it's kind of like the seat warmer on a, on a nice car where, where it it reaches a nice heat, but it doesn't burn you. It's not going to overheat you. And it carries up to 12 hours on each charge and you can recharge them just like your phone or anything else. And it's the perfect gift for the outdoorsman person in your life or just someone that hates being cold. Maybe they, maybe their heating sucks. Maybe you want to hook them up with some action heat. It provides toasty warmth and comfort for your whole body, and they have everything from jackets to socks, gloves, hats, even undergarments, and long johns to help you stay warm and cozy this winter. Action heat is available in both men's and women's styles, and it's the perfect thing for all your winter activities, or maybe just you want to lay around and you don't want to wear a blanket and you just want to be comfortable. But the best thing about Action Heat for you, the listener, is that you get 20% off of your entire order by going to actionheat.com slash locked on to check out everything Action Heat has to offer. That's actionheat.com slash locked on, or you can use coupon code locked on to save 20% at checkout. Stay toasty warm while you enjoy all your outdoor activities, and we thank Action Heat for sponsoring this podcast. So, Back to uh, the schedule. 
As I mentioned in the last segment, things are not going to get any easier for the Portland Trailblazers. They will be welcoming in either the 23-7 or 22-8 Toronto Raptors. Whatever their record is, it's still going to be the best in the NBA when they visit Portland. Uh, And if you were hoping that they would maybe catch Kawhi Leonard, that's not going to happen either because Leonard rested in tonight's matchup against the Golden State Warriors. He's still not playing in back-to-back, so Portland's going to have to deal with Toronto's best player. And even if you know they didn't have them, Toronto is, is still a really good team. There's been a lot of, of growth this season from Pascal Siakam, who showed signs last year of being a really good player, but offensively he's really taken his game to a new level. He, he kind of reminds me a little bit of... Aminu with a more refined offensive game. Uh, Kyle Lowry is leading the league in assists and is just on a tear and, and playing excellent basketball. They have a pretty deep bench with Jonas Valanciunas, who may start, depending on uh, on, on the game, he may even start against Nurkic, uh, given how sometimes Toronto switches those lineups. Serge Ibaka is having a really monster season. Danny Green, who you know from his days with San Antonio, is a really strong player. OG Ananobi, a very good on-ball defender, who I'm sure we'll see on Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum a lot. And, you know, that's the... And then you have Kawhi Leonard, who's the best defender in the league, at least in in one-on-one situations. And, uh, yeah, Portland has their work cut out for them. They're going to need the home court advantage for everything it's got because I don't know how much it's worth against this Toronto team that has shown they can win games anywhere and everywhere so far this season, especially in the regular season. So uh, Portland against Toronto, a very, very difficult game. Uh, I'm not anticipating it to be a win by any stretch of the imagination, given what we've seen from this Blazers team. And uh, unfortunately for them, the schedule is kind of just bouncing them around. And we talked about it at the beginning of the season that we thought – this month might be a make or break month for the Blazers. And so far they've gone four and two in their first six games of this month. So they're really going to need to turn things around coming against the Toronto Raptors and winning against them would be a major confidence boost, especially if they can beat them with Kawhi Leonard. Then they head on the road this weekend to Los Angeles to face the Clippers Uh, Luckily, they will also get a couple of days at home, however, and that's actually Monday against the Clippers. But this Blazers team is is not looking good. I would not be surprised if if they tried to make a change. I just – the bench, it seems like it was lightning in a bottle at the beginning of the season in the first three to four weeks, and then it's it's just kind of petered out. And uh, I'm – Given the track record of all the guys that I talked about, whether it be Lehman, Harkless, uh, Stauskas, Myers Leonard, Evan Turner, I mean, I mean, how how sure can you be that this is going to turn around? And uh, Portland has done a really good job closing seasons, and they're going to get more home games in the second half. But can they wait that long? in this Western Conference if they're really going to be serious about making the playoffs. So uh, I guess that's what we're going to have to wait and see to find out. 
So uh, I'm going to be hitting the road. Uh, I'm not going to be here, but we will still do some podcasts uh, within the the end of this week. Uh, probably will not have a post game pod after the, the Toronto game. That is going to be my company holiday party, and I'm so I'm I got to be there for my work. So uh, I won't be there for that one, but I'll definitely catch it. Uh, on the replay after and uh you know hopefully portland gets a win and and you know that's the type of win that can kind of take away the bad taste uh from this this tough road trip and and frankly the the tough month that portland has had so far so uh maybe being at home against the best team in the league uh can propel them but given what we've seen i don't think there's any reason to believe that that's going to happen uh so uh, a somber uh, note to end on, but uh, a true one given where the team is right now. So thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Tell your friends, leave us a review, and we will be back with more Lockdown Blazers as the season continues and Portland looks to right the ship after a really rough start to December.